I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast, the most dynamic podcast in professional wrestling podcasting. Andy Quilden, joined as always by Andy Boy Simmons. Hello, Andy. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, it's still good. getting over the flu, but you know, every day I'm getting stronger. In fact, actually, uh, I did find out I'm deficient in vitamin D. So does that mean is that more sun? Uh, I need more sun. Because obviously, I'm a tropical person, mm-hmm. so I need more sun. Um, also, you need to take vitamin D pills. Okay. I was forced into having a uh, a a blood test for my. Like a health, check. health, yeah. My dad, so, my dad had one of those, but he's oh really? like sixty-six. And is he all right? Well, they came back. He needs to take a little tablet for his heart because his dad died of a heart attack uh, when he was in his early forties, I think. And my dad's twin brother also has a dicky heart, so my dad is in a clean bit of health. He's but they been, were well, he's been trying his luck until <laughs> just now to take a yeah. to take a test, hasn't he? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and he's come out. They've said, "Oh, listen, because uh, because of your age and because of your twin brother and your dad." Uh, we suggest you take this pill. And he's not afraid of hard work in an early morning either, is he? No, that man works seven days a week. Like, no exaggeration. Seven days a week. He does the work so you don't have to, right? Yeah, he's very generous like that, yes. Um, And, uh, yeah, I was forced into doing the the test because I had to get the old blood gimmick done for uh, New Orleans. To do a ring announcing, you had to have the old... uh, Good. Got you all clear, you'll be pleased to know. Yeah. Um, But, um, yeah, I was bullied by... Haley into getting a, a full blood thing done and you come back on deficient in vitamin D which uh, it leads to uh, you getting tired very easily which happens to me all the time you are very um, sleepy I am lethargic um, it leads to uh, muscles and bone aching and uh, and stuff like so for example it could explain why my finger keeps breaking <laughs> oh it might do it yeah. could do yeah. Um, so yeah we're on the old vitamin D pills three days in so was um, that one a day two a day two a day yeah um, okay, so uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll raise those uh, raise those levels up, and I'll be a new man. Well done, good. <coughs> Please, we got to the bottom of that problem. And, well, the benefit of being miserable and tired all the time. Well, it'll help everyone out, won't it? In the wrestling world, everyone will be, you know, I'll be able to have more energy to put into this wrestling malarkey, and the podcast, the energy levels will uh, will certainly increase, won't they? Yep, sounds so good. Everyone's a winner. Yeah, and uh, I got some. I got some news today that shook the very foundation of British wrestling to its core. Go on. I got contact lenses today. Wow. Yeah. So I was fed up of wearing glasses. I've never lost my glasses. Well, maybe like once or twice. But, you know, people are like, oh, where's my glasses? Um, but I was fed up of actually just wearing them to the gym. And uh, so I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I, did, I was too scared to get... Um, what do they call it? The uh, the laser eye surgery. Yes. Yeah, we watched a video together on YouTube. It looked pretty yeah. violent. I was actually told I couldn't get laser eye surgery yet because um, my eyesight has deteriorated so much in the last... You have to have two years of steady eyesight before you can oh, okay. get laser eye surgery. And she's like, your eyes have t- deteriorated too much. So you can never get it? Yeah. Uh, no, I can. I have to have another checkup in 12 months' time. Okay. Um, and then they could reassess it. But I'm kind of too scared, just in case. I'd be the one. You know, yeah. There's like, there's like a million times correct and one time not. I'd be the I one. I think time everyone not. says that. Doesn't it? Well, it happened to me. But, but also, we don't know the long term effects of laser eye surgery because no one's been around. It's a new technology. So no one's been around long enough who's had laser eye surgery to tell you the long term effects. No. I think Johnny Storm had it about 10 years ago because he told me. 
I think he told me this, that they suggest you get it done every 10 years. Oh, really? And he's had it 10 years ago, I'm sure yeah. he did. And we don't know how long we'll be able to live, though, do we, as well? Like, I'd like to... I know, like, they say that the first person to live forever is already alive. Um, I'd like live to Live forever? That's a bit of a push. Well, no, it's possible, because, like, theoretically... Well, a, a, a real-life doctor told me five years ago, they said, the first person to live to 200 is already alive. Well, that was a couple of years ago. Time's moved on, haven't they? <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah. But everything can be replaced. To your, oh, so you're suggesting... Um, so I'm not suggesting you'll have your same body part. I'm not suggesting you'll have your same... They'll just put your brain in something else. Well, no, you'll still be yourself, or you'll still have your same body. But like what I'm saying is like hearts can be replaced, livers can be replaced, yeah. lungs can be replaced, knees can be replaced. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything can be replaced. Yeah. So it's it's entirely plausible that someone could live forever. Not mm-hmm. that I'd want to, but... I'd like my legacy. Well, I don't to, know. I'd like my legacy to live forever. It's easy to say I don't want to live forever, but my fear, and I hate talking about mortality because it could always be like a haunting last message. You know, if we talk oh about God, our mortality on if this, we die now. And yeah, like, but at so least we've left our twenty-two, twenty-three episodes of this. This will be the, the most listened-to podcast ever if we, like, yeah. if we do clog it. It'll be like on a uh, clickbait thing. Yeah, you know, listen to these two podcasters talk about their death hours before. We're trying our luck, aren't we? Yeah, (laughs) pushing our luck, I think. Yeah, Yeah, so Uh, anyway, moving on. Speaking about dead things, five-star wrestling. Yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) yeah, that that was the real news. I can't can't remember if I found out this morning or or last, probably last night. Um, But, uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot of the wrestlers trying to put a positive spin on it. Uh, you know, who were involved, I don't blame them. And I imagine if I was involved, I'd have been like, oh, but it was good while it lasted, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know, was it good while it lasted? Mm. I have no real opinion. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Five Star Wrestling, British wrestling promotion. Um, we always got to fill the people in who may not no, know. No, of course, yeah. Um, assume your audience is dumb. Yes. Is what we need to do. Okay, well. I think dumb might be a bit mean. Um, maybe I assume our audience don't know this story. Okay, so Five Star Wrestling, the promotion they run, uh, they they used to run in, in the United Kingdom. Um, they uh, originally a video games company, um, and uh, I guess the, the the person who was in charge of running the video games company decided he wanted to to play wrestling promoter um, and has run a series of shows. Um, None of them successful. No, is this is this the man who also made his money in the arcade business in Yorkshire? Well, that's, no, that's his part. That's the money man. Okay. So the money man's the guy who made his oh, money. Oh, I just in assumed the there, he was in the arcades, computer then, games, I assumed. Yeah, and then, and then the he's other. been the money man of the whole thing. So okay. he used to be called Serious Parody, the company. And then before they embarked on this tour, they very wisely set up a limited company, UK Wrestling Limited or something along those lines, which uh, I believe has they've, they've applied to strike off to cease trading, cancel all their debts. Have they? Okay. Um, so, um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, not just five star wrestling. We're going to no. talk about it's. Uh, oh no, we'll have loads more about that next week after the news trickles out but, uh, as to what, how bad, what the debts were. But uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a pattern. We, we, we like we always say that it, history se- seems to repeat itself when it comes to to wrestling, British wrestling in particular, and a lot of people don't do not learn from from past mistakes. And over the years there's been many, many uh instances of uh wrestling promotions who come with big, big vision um and don't quite have the execution to see it through. Um so we're gonna discuss um some of those. Um 
we have quite a few things to talk about, quite a few promotions to talk about, um, because there's been so many, and some of which I'm kind of been refreshing my mind with today. Um, and you know, we we weren't involved in every single one of them, were we? We like, and um, and a lot of them before, well, certainly before my time. Um, in terms of uh, being involved in wrestling, but I was a fan of wrestling and UK wrestling specifically at the time as well. Um, so I can comment from a fan's perspective and what I can remember. Um, but you know, this isn't a, you know this isn't an insider's guide. This is just a just stuff that you know that some of it we know firsthand, some of it we've read through research. Um, and uh, and yeah, well, I think we should probably start by talking about Five Star, just because I know what we're like, and we probably wouldn't even get to Five Star because the, the earlier stuff will go on for so long. Um, but Five Star Wrestling, obviously, we've not really talked about it on the podcast, but they've been uh, running live TV for the last, well, how many weeks did they get through? Four, four, four five, maybe. Um, but they, they didn't do two on the trot, did they? They lucked out with the snow and blamed one on the snow, yeah, I think. Yeah, one on the snow, and then they cancelled... Oh, and then they had no events last week, and then they've cancelled this week's event. Well, what I was told was the the week after the snowstorm, which was, I think, it in was Ireland, not gonna was never going to happen, yeah. and then it was going to restart the following this week. This week, yeah. Yeah, and then um, you obviously, you know, word trickles. Was it this week or even last week? It was supposed. I think it was supposed to start again last week. No, it was supposed to start again this week. Which would have been two in weeks Manchester. off. Yeah. So it was always going to be two weeks off. Yeah. Well, no, like, because they cancelled one because of the snow. Yeah. Which is one week off. Yeah. And then the second week was always going to be off. Oh, okay. So it was always going to be two weeks, like, you know. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, they they had the ambitious task of, uh, of running live events. Uh, so running live TVs, probably hard enough. I've never done it. I've streamed live on the internet, which I imagine is kind of similar, but a lot less expensive. Um and they uh, and they had a, a prime time TV deal, um, and I'd say if I was a, if I was running a live show once a week, I'd probably aim for an hour, <laughs> shoot for an hour, maybe an hour and a half at the most. Yeah, do you know what um, I'd shoot for? What? Running some wrestling shows, just local wrestling if shows. I, I said like if I, I said if I was running a live show, not like yeah. Well, I was I, I, was, I, I was picturing you putting yourself in their shoes. Um, That's yeah. what I do. But if you were if if you were to run a, a live wrestling show, I, I think feel like an hour, hour and a half is more than enough. Um, and I look at the early episodes of Nitro, which were only an hour, and I think they were wonderful television. And they gradually got worse as the, the episodes got longer and longer. Um, so that you know, look at your favorite episodes of your TV series. You know, like Walking Dead as an example. Hour. Yeah. You know, <coughs> with, with but, but let's be realistic it's not even an hour is it it's like 45 yeah, so minutes with or commercials something. yeah yeah um so you know all your favorite episodic tv series are like an hour so why why can't an hour work for wrestling just wwe are doing free well i know like this isn't mainstream as much as people might like to think but nxt is an hour it, it is the internet's favorite wrestling show weekly wrestling show or social media's favorite wrestling show it's an hour long yeah. so that um, yeah Anyway, and it wasn't an hour; it was two hours. They, and no, it was three hours. Oh, was it three hours every yeah. week? Was it okay? So they decided to run three hours every week because Monday Night Raw does three hours every week. So there's a challenge in itself there, filling three hours of TV every single week. So you've already set yourself out with a, um, you know, a real hard task there. And not just that; they then decided to run the shows in arenas. Um, and there's always been a, a debate about, you know, if you were to put a show in an arena. Um, is there a base number that you will get for a wrestling show based on the fact it's in an arena? 
So I would always argue, yes, it, there is. Like, for example, if I ran a wrestling show in Wembley, I think there'd be a, a base number of fans. It might be a 1,000, it might be 2,000, it might be 500. Um, just because of where just it because is. because it's wrestling at Wembley. Because it adds that sense of legitimacy. And I will use the argument that if I run a show in, for example, the Buckland Community Centre versus the Mountbatten Centre, the Buckland Community Centre is a smaller scale venue it's a community center it's it's uh local it's a the clues in the title it's a community center it's got buckland in the title which is a small part of portsmouth whereas the mountbatten center is a leisure center which is accessible by the whole city the whole city know where it is um you know if you just put the same poster up but put Buckland Community Centre on one and Mountbatten Centre on the other, where would get the most fans? Sure. You know? Um, so I believe that argument is, in a sense, accurate. It adds that air of legitimacy. I'm not sure how they were promoting the shows. We could try that one, um, though, couldn't we? Book Buckland yeah. and the Mountbatten Centre one day. day. Yeah. Same day. Um, but then it would just be like, who's got the least liars on their postering team, really? <laughs> Who would win? That's true. Yeah, <laughs> we'd soon find out. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, I digress. Um, they kind of proved that that logic could well be flawed, but we don't know what advertising they were doing locally. Because um, I think that's a big part of it. It's, you know, you can't... And, and I feel, feel like as well, when you're running shows um, and you're expecting... It's almost like they're expecting fans to travel to their shows. So when I run a show at York Hall, I expect fans to travel to that show. Right? I expect fans to come from all around the country. But... I know there's going to be more people from around the London area who are going to travel to the shows, right? So, for example, if I had Rey Mysterio, which they had, I wouldn't want to run London or anywhere around London two weeks in a row because I'd expect people from around London to travel. So I'd have one week in London and then one week in Newcastle. But where they'd had Newcastle, Manchester, Liverpool, all their shows were all kind of... Yeah, they're all, but you know, within, within a couple of other. hours, you know. So like, I assume. so you're splitting your audience already, you know. Yeah, and didn't didn't I see a post, or someone sent me a post, of of one of the one of the bosses behind it saying, "Oh, the Plymouth show was the was the best one essentially." But how far away from Plymouth was it from all the others? Exactly. Now, is yeah. that not quite telling? And, uh, so. and it was a much smaller venue, and it was a venue which was more suitable for what they were trying to achieve. If you put the number of people they had in in Plymouth in the Manchester Arena, which I know is a show which got cancelled for tomorrow, if you put that number of people in the Manchester Arena, it'd still look empty. You know, unless you did a very good job of curtaining it off. Yeah. So, um, I'm not here to judge their business practices, but I'm just saying there was a lot of flaws in the logic in, in building it. Now, my personal opinion, which I know is very different to yours, so you can have your opinion in a second. My personal opinion is it happened, no one saw it, if a tree falls in a wood and no one sees it, does it make a sound? Yeah, I mean, like, there is that argument on, like, every wrestling show. I, I would argue that ITV's World of Sport was more damaging to my brand of professional wrestling than five-star wrestling. Well, yeah, because it had a million viewers or that whatever. That was crap. Well, that's your opinion, though, no, isn't it? No, it was. Like, no, but that's your opinion. So, like, I've had people so tell me it was great, so... Yeah, people who were involved. No, 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 I mean, like, like, you know, when I'm working some shifts... 
in my mum's shop. I told you this. Like, I'd have people come in the shop, you know, like 65-year-old Dave Dennis, who might not ever buy a ticket, so it doesn't really matter, but his opinion, he goes, oh, that wrestling over there, that was bloody good, wasn't so it? I, and in contrast, I had people calling up. So, for example, Hayley's dad called up Hayley. Yeah. I was like, oh, is Andy involved in this wrestling? Because obviously, you know, people just assume... Wrestling's wrestling. Wrestling's wrestling. Yeah. Is Andy involved with his wrestling? Hayley's like, no, he's not. And he's like, oh, it's a load of old crap, right? And he's he the, wanted to find out you know if you I mean? were like, before he slagged it yeah, off. right. But, like, I look at it like this, right? So, I understand the demographic that that wrestling was going for. I understand it. I'm a TV connoisseur. I watch a lot of television, yeah. right? Saturday night's ITV is my bread and butter, right? Yes. I understand it completely. But? They wanted the same audience as Ninja Warrior. I watch ITV World of Sport and Ninja Warrior back-to-back. Do you know what? Ninja Warrior was way brilliant. better. Way okay. better. And I'm not even disagreeing with you that, that uh, whether or not I enjoyed it or not. Um, I'm just saying that I think um, it, to to judge it on that, to to assume that for you to so, you know, uh, adamantly say it was crap. I'm like, well, that's your opinion. And then you said, well, no, it's not my opinion. That's your truth. And I'm like, well, I, do, well, I, don't I know people that, that did enjoy it. Back, but like, yeah, but like, it, like again, my it, it is my opinion, yes. And but like the fact of the matter is, I believe it did more damage than five star wrestling. Right. So and it goes it goes to that point, which you know, like there's all these wrestling companies springing up everywhere. There's people who used to train with us who leave us and then start their own wrestling promotions. You can't even call them promotions. They're all just like I call them Amdram shows. So uh, <clears throat> you know, if no one's there to watch it, are they really that damaging to the local wrestling scene? So. You just, you just don't know, I guess. It, but it might be the fact that I see I go into my local chip shop, not very often, um, and see a poster for this, which has been printed off a home printer, an A4 piece of paper, and someone's gone. Someone might look at that and go, "That's local. That's that's yeah, local but I wrestling." Think you could, yeah, but then if you if it's, we'll, we'll never know but really. If, but my argument is, if the poster's crap, and then you put your poster next to it, if you have high quality posters, then. It's g- it's going to blow it away. Gonna sure, it'd be, o- it'd be obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like so, and and I feel that because the ITV World of Sport was on such a, a bigger scale, and more people were watching it, um, I believe that that had more damage than good. And I feel like as well because of the way it was presented, um, were I feel like I'd spent. I always say the the most annoying thing for me about when people ask what you do. In this country, and then they say I run wrestling shows. The most annoying line back is, "Can you have a guess?" Um, it's all fake. Mm-hmm. Is it WWE? What? Like you tell me what, and I'll probably agree with you. Like Big Daddy and Giant Haystack. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All these years later. Mm-hmm. Right. All these years later, and you're still having to kind of dispel the myth that it's uh, Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, and and for me. Um, all ITV did was bring us back bring to that, back that big daddy and giant haystacks. Like, and, and, and this is no knock on the guys because I love both guys, but they're going, what's it going to be? What, like Gorado and Dave well, Mastiff? that's what they wanted. They wanted a... Sure. A, a, they wanted a big daddy and giant haystacks. That's what they wanted. That's the replica, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And like, uh, and but so someone, someone must have told someone at ITV, that's what we need to do. Yeah, obviously. Bring, IT, bring back World of Sport for a new generation. Yeah. But it's, uh, I don't know, the world's changed. But like I say, like I, I personally believe that that did more damage than good. Um, and the fact that it was then advertised as coming back um, and 
because you know they advertise it's coming back season two is you know partnering with impact wrestling which lord knows what genius came up with that decision but like you know like partner partner with impact these are the dates of shows happening you know we're selling tickets for this one i could have told you that was going to be a, a failure when it, it's easy to sit here and say in hindsight well i told you so but that happened the press releases came out it was all in the newspapers and on the you know on the gossip sites and whatever have you not just in the professional wrestling world and that was all announced and then that was all cancelled and canned you know to me that looks worse than this five-star wrestling which came with more of a whimper and like i think five-star wrestling again it was someone playing in wrestling promoter with someone else's money with someone else's money which kind of is even worse which is actually what we will eventually get to is the topic kind of the topic of our of our podcast this week is, you know, we might not talk about those specifics, but you know, how many times is it like, oh, I've got money backers, I've got money backers. If you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah but so you've got to waste someone else's money is basically what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I, and I always say, uh, like, I, obviously I've always been personally accountable and obviously there was a little time with IPW where I wasn't, which was lovely. Um, but I was always, I was always interested in the business. I always wanted to see the business do well. Um, but like, um, and it was almost like a, a case of when I started promoting shows, it was a case of I had to put my money where my mouth was. Um, and I think over the last, God, when like, so I promoted my first show when I was 18 years old and I'm f nearly 32, you know? So like I've been running shows for a long time now. And, uh, and my mentality is always, you've got to be able to, you've got to be prepared to lose 100% of the money if you're running a show. You've got to go into that show assuming that no one's gonna turn up. Right, which may sound like ludicrous logic, right? But if you go in with that logic, then what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if I run a show and zero people turn up, yes, it's going to screw me, and yes, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be very happy. I'm not going to. Do you know what I mean? But at least but I was like, prepared for it. But you know, but like, you can. I always say you have to be able to move on and live the next day. Yeah. Right. You have to be able to like. So you might not be able to run any more shows after that show where you lose all the money on. However, you still need to be able to pay everyone, be a responsible adult, sure. and move on. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the most in that's the most important thing. And I think that even if you've got a money backer like Five Star had, if you're looking at the maths of how much the guys cost, how much the arena costs, versus the gate, versus the T V deal which created zero revenue, if you look at all of that the maths don't add up. No. And uh, as someone wise once said, if a glove don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> Who said that? It's Johnny Cochran, wasn't he, in the O.J. Simpson case? Oh, was it? Oh, O.J. Okay. Simpson since come out and admitted to... Isn't he crazy? Did you see that thing on O.J. Simpson? No. Oh, yeah. He, uh, He's admitted to it, is he? Well, no, there was like a... There I'll was be a amazed book, if he did. There was a book which came out called yep. If I Did It. Okay. Right? And they ma they put the block on it and it eventually got released. Okay. But like in the original filming of If I Did It, in the original like release of it and the pub publicity for it, before they decided it would be a bad idea to release a book of hypothetically, if I did kill my wife and her friend or lover or whatever, this is how I would do it. Yes, they decided that was kind of a bad idea, considering he did get acquitted of all those crimes. Um, he did a TV interview in the for the publicity, which never got aired until like two weeks ago. Okay, and like in the, and in it, he always speaks hypothetically. If I did this, if I did that, but then he slips into. I did this, I did that. Oh, and really? I glove, you know? <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, yeah, so he basically admits to it. Okay. So. But there you go. I digress again. Yeah. 
So back. So so let's start with. Um, let's put a bow on that, as Cobrad would say, <laughs> on five star wrestling. Um, and so I, you called me up, Andy, this morning and said, "Oh, you know, let's think of some some of the some of the bad ones." Not like the bad. That's not how you worded it, but. You know, wrestling promotions who promised the world um, mainly, mainly in the internet's infancy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so when fan forums were still a huge thing, so you'd put a post on a fan forum. I'm, I'm running a show with Chris Hero, and you'd see who would. I mean, I didn't do it personally, but you know, you'd see the replies. Oh, I can't wait. So, so you had some. You've done some research. I threw a few names at you: X Wrestling, um, Wrestle Express. Uh, a few that you you found out about. Yeah. So um, again, to start with, I think the the, the kind of um, the first poster boy for this is a UWA, right? Yes. Okay. Which is the Ultimate Wrestling Alliance. And for those of you who don't know, they they were first British company um, to get a TV deal. Would you, oh, there was Hammerlock. Obviously, NWA UK Hammerlock had. No, a but t- I think UWA was was before that. Was yeah. it really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So UWA, um, I believe, aired in. Early to mid ninety nine, okay. When you yeah. on live, live TV. TV and live TV, I never even realised this because I got videotapes of it. Yes, right? I've seen videos um, and and I and I actually chucked my videotapes of UWA away recently, which is oh, sad. That was, um, but I don't have a video player anymore, so no, whatever. And I was only allowed to keep, I was only allowed to keep the the boxed videos that I had. I wasn't allowed to keep, you know, the bootleg videos, so to speak. Allowed by who? Your wife? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm allowed you out the house me. without uh, permission. <laughs> you told, you told me I'm under the thumb. So yeah, carry on. Um, you threw your videotape collection away. Yes, and uh, UWA was a part of that. But I never realised live TV. It was apparently only available on cable. Yeah. So it wasn't available on satellite. It wasn't even on Sky TV. No. Yeah. So yeah, because so I knew about it through Power Slam. Yeah, Power Slam bigged it up huge, right? Yes. And um, so UWA and like my biggest memory of it. So. So, correct me if I'm wrong. So, was it a guy called Dan Belinka was one of the... Yeah, and do you know owners? who Dan Belinka is? No. Dan Belinka used to work for the WWF. Oh, okay. I don't know. I can't, he's English, but I can't yeah. remember in what role specifically. But Mark Sloan told me, uh, if you remember, and this is only to give it a bit of context, there was a there was a backstage angle where Steve Austin was beating someone up backstage, and there was like a big chain metal fence, you know, like the backstage of Raw. Yeah. And the guy he... I believe this to be true. The guy he beat up was Dan Belinka. Oh really? So yes. that's his claim to fame. Yeah. And then he hosted he hosted um UWA. Yes. Uh and Ross Gordon was something to do with it, right? Right. Ross yeah. the Boss Gordon. Yeah. Um whatever. <laughs> who uh, I met Ross the Boss Gordon twice and he couldn't have been more of the most arrogant like I was just a kid. I didn't I didn't even really realise he was being rude to me. I thought he was someone of some sort of importance, but Christ, I'd like to give him a slap now. Um we could probably arrange that. I don't know. <laughs> Get him down the school. Yeah. Um, he upset a lot of people, didn't he? Like, I always remember, like, FWA brought him back at one point. Do you remember that? Oh, I don't know if I did. I know yeah, that's where I him. met him. But so they brought, they brought him and Greg Lambert in um, at the same time. Okay. And then they got rid of Ross. Quite soon after. kept it. straight. I think he only did one one show back. Okay. But like, he even did, he used to do a thing on Talk Sport as well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, with Alex. He was, um, it, yeah. which lasted a couple of weeks. But he upset a lot of people. I don't know why. I, I, I know, know he was Johnny Storm's mate. 
Um, but the times I met him, I was just a kid, just a you know trainee. But so was he by the looks of things. Yeah, like, he was like a kid yeah. in a suit. Like, yeah, ridiculous. He's just wearing his dad's suit, as people yeah. would say. You know. Um, but anyway, so UWA. UWA. Um, Ross so the boss. There was a, there was a cracking documentary to introduce to UWA. Yeah, which right. was at, you go back if you I try and look it up because I saw I haven't seen it for ages. But I hadn't seen it for like three years after. So the guys who were in it were guys who I associated myself with at the time. So Phil Powers, Doug Williams, Johnny Storm. Uh, Steve Linsky. Linsky. Yeah, loads of guys who Steve I then Linsky knew. Steve Linsky was playing the part of an American agent, wasn't he? That's right. He was yeah. the manager of Christopher Daniels. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, and I always remember like Doug Williams causing, stirring it up by sending an email to Phil Powers. No, no, no. To Phil Flowers. Yeah. He writes, dear, dear he's typing it, dear Phil Flowers. Ha ha ha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he also gets arrested, arrested for spraying graffiti on a wall, doesn't <laughs> he's he? He's an anarchist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Phil like, Powers getting chased by 10-year-old girls up yeah. um, Romford Home Street or <laughs> yeah. something. And that's and it's funny as well, isn't it? Because that's where the anarchist Doug Williams came from, right? And uh, he's like the least anarchist. Oh, you can meet a calmer man, <laughs> could you? Like? Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, so that's a, and that creates some real fun TV, and I think they had they had some good like well, I seem to recall they had some decent little matches. I always remember there was a freeway match between Doug Williams, Kerry Cabrero, and I think Stevie Knight. Stevie Knight, I believe. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was like that was like the British um, ECW yeah. three-way, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big Papa T. Yeah, Big Papa T. I did a show yeah. for Big Papa T once. Oh yeah, and. Uh, and Phil had told me, it's through Phil Powers, Phil Powers doing the ring, and I want to say it was in like Tottenham on a Friday night, and, uh, and Big Puppeteer must have been running like an amateur wrestling club, but maybe sort of half pro, half amateur club, I don't know how accomplished he ever was as an amateur, but anyway, we got there, and I swear to God, I didn't, I didn't get in the ring till like 11 o'clock at night, but not because there was many matches on, like he'd, he'd have these kids who were part of his club just do like forward rolls in the ring. But not like as exercises, almost like a grading that just went on and on <laughs> and on and on. And this was, you know, the audience was probably no more than, and I'd mean this legitimately, like 15 people. But they were there just watching these children do their wrestling roles. So, um, yeah, that's my Big Papa T story. But big, the reason why I remember Big Papa T was because Mark Sloan did the J-O-B to Big yeah, Papa T. Did, yeah, which is interesting because then there was another wrestler called Paul Sloan. Who, yeah, uh, was who was one that. of their top, yeah, top one of their top guys, yeah. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't fly in WWE, would it? But no. I think, like, Paul Sloan had an E on the end of his name and Mark Sloan didn't. That was enough. That was a, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, or maybe he didn't. I don't know. No, he did. Paul Sloan had an E. Yeah, I'm um, sure he did. Because before I even got into wrestling, I'd read up about British wrestlers and I'd assumed... Paul Sloan and Mark Sloan were the same person, but he was, he, well, I thought Paul, he was called oh. Paul Sloan in UWA, but Mark Sloan in FWA. FWA. Yeah. I can see how you'd reach that. Yeah. Um, so they had Grand Naniwa from Japan, Tiger Mask. Yeah, they had some well. names, yeah. Um, obviously, Christopher Daniels, that was where the Doug Williams-Christopher Daniels rivalry first started, I believe. Yeah, probably. Um, and, uh, yeah, and they did some big, big old buildings, and uh, I guess it just... I don't know the story about why or how it fizzled out, do you? Uh, not really. I know that I think they did the Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Or yeah, they did it once, right? And, and it was they, a big success. Yeah, and then the second time... It was dead. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but again, it, it, we're just kind of glossing over stuff we don't... We weren't there. 
you know, I was still at school at the time and I wasn't even watching it. So uh, I know, you know, this, Paul Tyrrell was involved. Drew McDonald was involved for a while. You know, let's not forget that common thread throughout this show. Steve Linsky was heavily involved. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, when UWA was packed Was he in World up. of Sport as well, Steve? He was in World yeah, of Sport. Yeah, he was, he's yeah. five-star wrestling five as Five-star well. wrestling, yeah. And, and now he's, he's in UWA. He's going to be the thread throughout this thing, <laughs> I swear. So, uh, so when UWA packed up, I guess 99-ish, um, I don't know if it got as far as 2000. Um, when I first started going training with Mark Sloan, um, actually, here's an interesting one. I'd bought tickets to a show called Evil Intentions. Okay, yeah. FWA Evil that Intentions. Was in Halifax. Okay. And do you know why I bought tickets to see that? Because you wanted to see... Uh, I travelled all the way to Halifax to see... Jasmine Sinclair. <laughs> no, no, she was on a Portsmouth show. Oh. She was on my doorstep. That was I was on that show. Uh, I travelled all the way to Halifax, and I, I can't. I, I do believe I did this. I was that much of a uh, WWF Nova. fanatic. No, Dan the B Seven. Oh, okay. And he yeah. was he, he? Did he do it? He was on it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him. And I'm funny enough. The first guy I, I met him at a fan convention um, in the afternoon, and I uh, and there was a um, an auction for I think a Brian Pillman Memorial. Which I think I paid eighteen pound for a Taz signed Taz eight by ten, which uh, I think I sold on eBay about ten years ago. So anyway, um, after after UCW, uh, sorry, after UWA spawned UCW, and the reason why I bring up Evil Intentions was I went to Evil Intentions with my mate Tom Jenkins, who I went to school with. My dad drove us up there and stood behind me in, in and I mean directly behind me was Alex Shane. Johnny Storm, and I want to say the couple of the other UCW crew because they weren't allowed to work the show. Okay, because UCW was a I guess one of the first promotions to dish out, dish contract. out contracts to people. Yeah, exclusive contracts. Um, yeah, and uh, and obviously Alex Shane was uh, LX Blade, the cyborg, right? Yes, and. Um, and UCW, the first one was uh, Coventry Skydome? Yeah, I, I believe it was Coventry Skydome. So UCW I obviously came about because WWF was massive um, well, worldwide, well, certainly in the United States and, and here. And I guess there must have been, just again, some, some man with money who'd made his money somewhere else had thought, oh, this wrestling seems pretty hot. I'll get involved in that game. And, you know, wanted to treat him. I don't, I don't know the man. I never met the man. But my point is, uh, he 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 wanted it to be a legitimate business to say you no know, the Vince McMahon model. You know, you wrestle for me and you wrestle for me only. So they they wrestled for. I think they got a signing on fee and then they were paid so much. I don't know how much. I, Johnny has told me, but I can't remember. But they they uh, they got paid a monthly fee to essentially sit around and do nothing because I think they only ran two shows. Yeah, two shows. Yeah. And I think the the first one I think did well, right? Yeah, well, I remember. Um, I remember Power Slam putting Power Slam putting. That's that what I was going to say. Yeah, it was Power Slam used to do a little thing, wrestler of the month, you know, Mike Man of the month, that kind of thing. And one of them was Card of the month, UCW Explosion, yeah, Comedy Skydome. I remember getting a full page at least in Power Slam. Right, but this this write up said UCW Explosion, Comedy Skydome. Uh, were you there? Do you know what I mean? For anyone that was the was the gist of it, like as if yeah, it was only like one or two lines that particular bit, but it was sort of saying, well, were you there to, before you knock this? It was actually a really good show. So I don't know if you're looking up the results, but I think yeah, Christopher no, Daniels was on that show as well. Just looking at this, this was in, is in October two thousand. Um, That's right, yeah, because I'd 
Again, we talked about last week how I never missed a big breakfast. I missed a big breakfast twice, and that was the time <laughs> Bret Hart was on it. And the other time I switched over, and there was Johnny Storm, LX Blade, and a few other handful of UCW. I assume Linsky was there. Uh, you, um, UCW wrestlers on the big breakfast, but I've never, ever seen what they did. So if anyone's got a link out there on YouTube, I have tried to search it, search it down, but never been able to find it. Um. Yeah, and I can't, like I don't even know. I don't think did the shows ever see the light of day. These UCW shows, like footage. Yeah, I don't think they did. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to know more about UCW. I'm sure it was Mark Soames' ring. So Mark had, Mark, I think UWA a lot of times it was Mark's ring as well. Yeah, because it was a nice looking ring, Mark's ring, and um, and uh, you know he'll be the man to ask. We, we, I, we say this week. Oh, he'd be a good guest. He'd be Mark would be a great guest on this show. He'd have a lot lot of explaining to do. Um, okay so that was UCW and I believe as well that may be where Alex's idea to get everyone under contracts that he's had ever since like an obsession isn't it yeah Yeah. like like since uh, kind of since the beginning of like I guess his goal with FWA was ultimately to get everyone under contact contracts as we've kind of discussed like there was a few guys who got A contracts and B contracts in the original FWA then the new FWA Oh, was a British Wrestling Council next, was it? Yeah, I believe so. Tried to get people contracted through that. But I don't know if you uh, remember, even as recently as last year, what culture were talking about cult- contracting their wrestlers? Yeah, but... Um, but I think that was Alex's heavily believe, involved, right? I actually believe Alex has some wrestlers contracted um, through NGW. Okay. And, uh, and their Butlins deal. Right. Um, so, yeah, so he's still at it to this day. And I think that all dates back to this UCW thing, which obviously uh, didn't pan out. Um, so UCW was one of the uh, one of the failed ones, um, and then I guess so that would have been so that was two thousand we've established. Is that right? Yeah, because yeah, it was just as yeah. I'd got into training with Mark. Um, so I guess the next uh, high profile one would be Wrestle Express, right? Yeah. Can we just uh, just briefly go back to UCW? So yeah. in August, um, in August was when I went to watch Evil Intentions, and then I swear by like October. October 2000, Mark Stone ran a show at the Pyramid Centre in Portsmouth and some of those contracted wrestlers were on that card so it already sort of packed up by then. Certainly by the January of the following year when I had my first ever match because Johnny Storm was the ring announcer for the match before and he was supposed to wrestle that night. So again, it was another flash in the pan, someone else coming along going, I've got, I know how to sort this mess out and then, oh look, I made a bigger mess. Um, which is is kind of um, mental, isn't it? Like to think that all these years have passed, yet people still feel that they can do it, and rather than go to experienced people, they still <laughs> try yeah, to do it themselves. People just think throwing money at it is going to be. Is I think it, there's know, a mix. I think this is more of the conclusion. I think, well, I think part of it, it is. I think part of it's throwing money at it, but I think also another part of it is um, obviously. So, for example, if someone's come to myself and say. Oh, I've got some money, I want to do this wrestling thing. Ultimately, everyone wants to run the show and put the matches together. They want to play Fantasy Booker. Right. Right. Now, if they came to me, I would need that creative control because I know what happens when people without a clue yeah. try to book wrestling shows. And I think that that's a huge part of it. And I think that's a huge part of why we don't see more um, name promotions, so to speak, Um get these opportunities with these these money men because I believe that ultimately the deal breaker is always like, well, we want to put on the show, you know, 
I think that's it. Yeah. You know, um, either that or people just getting my email wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could be that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I guess that leads on to Wrestle Express, right? Yeah. So which was gonna which, which was a hell of a replacement for WCW. You know, WCW yeah. just packed up. Yeah. ECW just packed up. And along comes Cool Rye, right? <laughs> Ryan Hewson. He was 18 years old 18. at the time, and he ran a website, CoolRye.com. And I think he thought he shaped himself as a bit of an Eric Bischoff-esque character. And I believe Eric Bischoff was involved in the. The deal, right? He was he was certainly one of the names involved. Sonny Ono from WCW, obviously. Um, you know, the the list of wrestlers was most impressive. You know, the guys they announced Van Dam, Mr. Perfect. Okay, and and I've got I've just pulled up this thing here, so I can give you some some stuff. So there's backers, okay, the, the two main names who come up, and and again, we weren't involved in this, so we've just kind of given us the information and like but all of this information was very public they had the Wrestle Express website I remember this is the first time I got the internet as well okay because like one of the the first things was following the progress of Wrestle Express on the old dial up 56k can only go on after 6pm because that's when it's free they get shouted at every five minutes <laughs> because obviously when Auntie you're on Mavis internet, is trying to phone yeah and she can't can't get through because the phone's <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I remember so, that well yeah um, so you'd have to disconnect and then get back and whatever. And uh, Wrestle Express. Um, so the two na- the two main names who come up in the story are uh, uh, their financial directors, David Whitby and partner Martin Brown. Um, so David Whitby was a friend of of Houston's mother, who believed the show would be quite the venture. According though, according to what came out in the court case, Whitby was the son of a millionaire oil magnate who lived in Saudi Arabia and could finance a venture. In a scene rem- reminiscent of an episode of Only Fools and Horses where <laughs> Del Boy wants to buy the gold chains, Houston also said he had a few ki- who he had a few quid knocking about. He didn't. And if they put both put their wealth together, they could double their money with such a gap being created in the market post WCW. So Houston went into full-on fantasy booking mode and decided to run a wrestling promotion, usually without telling the bloke who was back in it was his credit card uh, at the time. Okay. okay, so like, um, and for those, again, like I'm, I've not read this full thing, um, but I seem to recall there were stories of he'd hold meetings at hotels, yeah. all expenses paid. That's right, yeah, because I, I, I know some of the guys who were like, Dominate was involved, Flatliner was involved, Stevie Knight, I believe, was involved, Johnny Storm was involved. Um, I'd like to say there's a story knocking around. Alex, I think, may have been involved. Uh, oh no, Alex was pretty heavy FWA at yeah. the time, so um, maybe not. But get this, so... Who was really involved? Jimmy Hart and Sonny Ono. Yeah. Right? And they were the head of talent relations. And they were getting paid very well. They had an office. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been like this. You don't know. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, they were the, the head of... So, Sonny's name was a head of international talent relations. So, he was responsible for bringing in the XWCW wrestlers. And Jimmy Hart was their creative director. Basically, booker. Um, so that was uh, so already you can see there's two salaries there yeah <laughs> and flights real, real life money flights, like, yeah. yeah they're not doing that and, and, yeah and they were like big big stars big names at the time um, so um, this sh- okay so assembling the talent right so this should take a while to go through since 90% of the promotion's history was essentially assembling talent right so and it, it, this thing makes a, a point here to say that um, it was one PW level of top talent which I think is fair to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I, well, I don't know. Some of the, you know, 1PW had some real top names. So, yeah, um, go on. So, I'm not going to go... Oh, so Victoria de Montfort was uh, advertised. Oh, was she? Yeah. I know and, her. And 
So, this was originally, um, what I was going to say is, um, uh, this was uh, going to be at Coventry Skydome as well. So yeah. Coventry Skydome is a recurring theme. Yeah, I kind of feel like thing. Coventry Skydome is like the one venue people are like, well, I'm too scared to do Wembley. You know, the 10,000 seater, so I'll, or 8,000 seater, I think, for wrestling. Um, so I'll try the 3,000 seater Coventry Skydome, which is, you know, nothing wrong with that. But it just seems like a good, you know, you're coming out of the town halls into the arenas, but you're not Wembley. Um, so Rob Van Dam versus yeah. Steve Carino was going to be the main event. And obviously at the time, Rob Van Dam was a huge deal coming off of the collapse of ECW, being the biggest star in ECW. Um so that was going to be your main event, Rob Van Dam versus Steve Carino. Um, you were going to have Stevie Ray as a colour commentator. Oh. Uh, co-host of the show. Um, and rumour had it that he'd be joined by an old friend at Wrestle Express. I don't know who that would have been. Huh, I want to know now. Um, Eric Bischoff. Okay. Here's one. Hulk Hogan. So. Um, I don't really know. So we've got, on July, this is a quote again, I'm using the UK fan forum here for reference. On July 27th, 2001, uh, Ryan Aaron Hewson and David Allen Whitby were at the Hewson family residence discussing whether or not to take a business trip to the United States. They did business trips to the States as well. Um, Ryan Aaron Hewson's mother, Jacqueline Hewson, was also present and was privy to the conversation which was taking place. I'm fed up of saying their full names. Yep. David wanted Ryan to seek the services of Hulk Hogan to appear at one of the company's events, and he offered Hewson £30,000 to have Hulk Hogan appear at the Wrestle Express event. Jimmy Hart, the former personal manager of Hulk Hogan, was due to meet with Wrestle Express Limited Entertainment Limited executive days later in London. David Whitby confessed under oath that he wheeled his invalid granny into the bank in order to get his hands on her money to invest in the business. To Ryan wield his... No, David. David. So oh, one okay. of the so backers... Another who was, yeah. Yeah, okay. He re- he got his invalid granny's money, um, and this was all in under oath in court. Yeah, so that okay. happened. Um, uh, so... Um, in order to get his hands on a money to invest in business. He further added that he took money from his aunt, who's not with it. David Allen Whitby admitted that not only did he have a grudge against his former business partner, Ryan Aaron Hewson, but he also has reasons to tell lies about him. Mr. Whitby further revealed under oath that he borrowed large amounts of money from various friends of his and that Ryan Aaron Hewson was not involved in any of these financial dealings. Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah. Um, Jimmy Hart also came up with a f- CD of tracks because obviously he's famous for uh, his music. So there was a full CD of tracks before the show even happened. Oh, that's good of him. Did that good will um, gesture to show he was serious. Uh, okay, the card. Okay, so we go. Oh, it's going to be on pay per view as well, wasn't it? How <laughs> was it? Yeah. yeah. So the card was going to be this. So it was going to be Rob Van Dam versus Steve Carino. Hoovertude Guerrero versus Psychosis. Alex Shane versus Doug Williams versus Scott Parker versus Guy, Guy Thunder for the FWA British title. Vampiro versus Conan with appearances from Eric Bischoff, um, Jody Fleisch, Justin Richards, Dominator, Hazardous Specimen, Mark Sloan and Paul Travell, Johnny Storm and Victoria de Montfort. 
but stuff got changed. So Doug Williams versus Stevie Knight versus Dominator versus Kerry Cabrera replaced the FWA match. Okay, so when that happens, um, I guess that was a, a callback to the UWA freeway that yeah. added the Dominator into it. So um, I'm, I think, you know, I definitely would have known Mark at the time, although I wasn't really sort of privy to his dealings, but I think I can remember the time when Mark was like, oh, you know, FWA is no longer involved with this. Um, so... Basically, uh, they lost Rob Van Dam, so I advertised Mr. Perfect versus Steve Carino. Okay. Um, Medu- they added Medusa, and there was going to be a uh, six-man tag team match between the, I can't ever say this, Toriumon? Toramon. Toramon. Yeah. Dragon Gate. Even I know that. Yeah, Toramon. Whatever. Ultimo Dragon. Mark promotion. used to make us, literally make us watch videos at the end of training. And, and, look, and look where Marty is now. No, Mark. Oh, Mark. Mark Sloan. Oh, look where Mark is now. Make, his shop. make us watch videos. Um, Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm were going against, going to wrestle Christian York and Joey Matthews. It was a pretty mind-blowing card in many forms. There wasn't a match on it where there wasn't a star name. It was too stacked, even. Um, so, yeah. And the, I remember they, so they did the, Jimmy Hart went on the big breakfast. There's a sign-in, uh, a signing booked at Virgin Megastore um, and then the big thing was it was going to be on pay-per-view right um, which was U-Direct um, but U-Direct went into administration and then they were trying to get onto ITV Digital as well cool could you imagine if that had come off I mean I, d- I dare say that with professional camera work and you know real real investment into the production the commentary skydome you could probably make that look like madison square garden if it was full up absolutely yeah um so um yeah and i guess the 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 big thing with mr perfect at the time wasn't really a great uh replacement for rob van damme um because um it would have been in my eyes well no but like at the time like so yeah i know van damme romanticized yeah. Mr. Perfect being the great wrestler, but obviously that was coming off his WCW run, which wasn't the best yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, the West Country, West, West Texas rednecks. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That was his best gimmick, wasn't it? Um, I know what you're saying. I know your point. You uh, know, to, 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 that, to the audience, to they were yeah. sort of hitting, they were feeding this information to. Um, so Dino Scarlo and Alex Shane had a falling out, which is where FWA, um, uh, where the FWA was gone. Um, so, uh, so, so when do the, when do the cracks, big cracks well, start so to appear? Because obviously we all know what it ended up as. So here's the end. So the end, the last big piece of news came when Wrestle Express booked Wembley Arena for March 2nd for their second show, Wrestle Express Revenge. Okay. So we're now talking March 2nd, 2002. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the first show was in 2001. Yeah. Certainly. Okay. Um, they hadn't even sold out the Sky Dome yet, but the second show was going to have Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. It would be hilarious to see what they'd have done since WWF snapped them all up in January. That's a very good point. Cool, yeah. Um, but we didn't get to see it. We didn't get to see the first one either. Wrestle Express just went away one afternoon after weeks of rumblings when all of their website had disappeared, save for one message, which gave you a number for refunds and directed you to the TWA website. Now, I remember when the Wrestle Express website... Um, because the website just stopped getting updated. 
and like it was almost like and again I was going on there every day because I was super excited to see what was going to be announced I didn't know any better I was a little kid yeah. you know and um yeah, and it just stopped getting updated. Had you bought and tickets? No, no, Did I you, had you intended no. on buying tickets? Um, I wanted to, but I was young and I couldn't get to Coventry realistically. Yeah, you know. Um, but then but you uh, could get to Dagenham. I could get to Dagenham, <laughs> which is where Scott <laughs> where Conway we're going comes next. in. Yeah, yeah. So, go on then. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't have the ins and outs of it, but all I know is Scott Conway um, came. You know, save, save the day essentially and put together the best card he possibly could um you know with it without the expense of mr perfect and vampiro so I think, like, yeah so i put like, on I a pretty pretty good substitute and, and it card. was originally going to be at the the coventry sky dome still yes and i think it was originally advertised it was still going to be at the coventry sky dome and then obviously i don't know if he got the bills or whatever but like it or he realized the tickets hadn't Someone might have been telling Porkies as to how many tickets were sold. I don't know. But um, it wound up getting moved to the Goresbrook Leisure Centre in Dagenham. Yes. Um, and uh, and here it says, goodbye, stars of Torimon. 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 As in, um, imagine the political party everyone hates. Tory. Torimons. Torimon. Okay. Not Mons. Goodbye, goodbye, Tor- good, goodbye, stars of Torimon. And hello, John Tenter. Um, so, and you can see how, like, it would be disappointing for those who... Um, who had purchased t- tickets specifically to see those guys, um, and people who purchased tickets for Coventry and now the shows yeah. in Dagenham. But Scott Conway did an admirable thing in taking the reins. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he still brought over Carino. He brought over Steve Carino, and he added Sandman. Sandman. Um, uh, Horace Hogan was on the bill. Uh, Earthquake was on the bill. Who else was on the bill? Earthquake. Who else was on the bill? Yeah. Seventeen-year-old Andy Simmons was wow. on the bill. How did that happen? Um, How on earth did that happen? Well, I think I just so. There was a time in late 2001, and this isn't why I went, but this is, well, this is one of the reasons why I went. In late 2001, Brian Dixon was advertising that the Bulldog was coming back. Do you remember that? Yes, I do, yeah. Okay. It was in the programmes. Yes, yes. And it was, I've seen a poster, and it, yeah, it's I've a wicked a pro- poster. I've got a programme saying the Bulldog's coming back. Okay. And, uh, and anyway, I've always been fascinated by the Bulldog. And, um, but my point is, I'm sure I remember that you know, I was, I was sort of wrestling on Mark's circuit, you know, minimally. I'd have maybe four matches at the time. But uh, I'm sure someone had told me, oh, there's going to be a surprise star, you know. So but you thought it was Bulldog. Well, I was saying to Mark, is it going to be the Bulldog? Because I'd actually emailed the, um, the Brian Dixon's website saying, is the British Bulldog going to be at the ports of Guildhall? Because obviously, if, I was, if he was, I was going to go. And they'd you're replied, that type of fan. Wow. You live locally and there's wrestling in that local thing. And you're like, well, I'm only going if the Bulldog's going to be there. Yeah, well, you're the type I've, of fan you moan about but to this day. No, because Mark Soane used to give a stick and he used to sit there. And I don't think he'd, he'd, he'd worry about me saying this. He used to slag All-Star off to the hill and say, oh, they're old school. They're this, they're that. His, his, his opinion changed very soon after, actually. But... If I was gonna, if I was gonna get a lot of stick from Mark for going, it was gonna be worth my while going. That's why I double checked to see if he's gonna be there. Anyway, All Star replied said yes, he'll be there. Probably knowing full well he wasn't gonna be there, but I was told he was gonna be there. So my point is, Mark, Mark, Mark was always really cool. To be fair, he'd always invite us on road trips, and we always wanted to go as well. Like I can remember sitting in the back of a van for four or five hours, and I don't mean in a seat in the back of the van, in the back of a van on the ring mats for four or five hours, and driving up to Bolton and back. So, um, but anyway, so so Mark would uh, 
Mark would invite us along, and I, I actually wanted to go because there was a surprise star was going to be there, and I kept saying, is it going to be the Bulldog? He's like, no, Andy, it's not going to be the Bulldog. I was like, but it must be. Like, he's coming over for, for all-star wrestling, surely. The, and, and, of course, Bulldog wasn't there, and the Bulldog never got here at all. Um, so, uh, so who was the mystery star? I don't know. You? I don't, <laughs> maybe. So, anyway, I remember going there, and... Um, and yeah, Mark. Mark was always, you know, like we do, or like we say to our guys, and you know, like you're not on tonight's show, but bring your kit because you might need it. And so I took my little green uh, wheelie bag because uh, I'd seen Bret Hart have one in Wrestling with Shadows, <laughs> and that must have been enough to impress the uh, the boss. Yeah. So uh, so I got there. And Mark said because I think it was going to be Mark Stone versus Paul Travell, but um, James Ty came, Raj Ghosh came. We weren't. We couldn't have been all in one car. Me, James, Raj um, were all there. Uh, I want to say someone else, but I can't remember who the other guy. Maybe Neil, Neil Pyle, who was another one of the trainees uh, that no one would have ever heard of. Nice guy, though. Uh, he, uh, We were all in the car, and we got there, and Mark was sort of saying hello to everyone, and he came up to us and gave us a, good thing you brought your kit. And I was like, oh, why? And he said, oh, we're going to do a six-man tag. So it ended up being James, Ty, me, and for life, I can't remember who the bloody third guy is. Jack Xavier was in the tag. Yeah, he was against... Oh, it was me, Mark and James. Yeah, me, Mark and James. It's Jack Xavier, Raj Ghosh, and one other. Because I, I remember watching Paul it. Paul Travell, of course. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember watching it. And uh, I got drunk the night before. I think I was like eight. I was probably like Ryan Hewson's. Uh, well, you weren't older than me. And I was, um, I was oh, 17. Said, okay, so I must be like 16. Yeah. 15, 16. 15, yeah. Yeah. But I got drunk the night before. Yeah. I remember being hung over. It was a house party. I remember being hung over and I just couldn't I just couldn't get my head around Jack Xavier. I'd never seen anything like it. What you liked it or you didn't like it? No, it was like a fat lad in shorts and t shirt. Yeah. It was the first time I ever saw Jack Xavier. Okay. And like So he's one of those guys that, you know, now we look back with the eyes that we have now and go how on earth did that pass for a wrestler? Yeah. You know, a great guy. And even a talented wrestler, but those horrible kick pads he wore. Yeah, right. And the kit, like, he, yeah. But that's like, when you look at FWA with the benefit of hindsight, like we were saying in that episode where we were talking about Brandon Thomas and yes. whatever. And they were, yeah. none of them had proper kit, no. except for Ian Disciple, who was arguably the worst one by a mile. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, that, that's what wrestling was. I couldn't get my head around that. That was crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so what? It, so you were there. I remember that. I was telling someone this story the other day. Actually, I remember I'd done my match, obviously, and then I went to go watch the show from the stands. And there's a security guard there, and he was he stopped me and said, "Oh, you got a ticket?" And I said, "Oh, no, no, I'm one of the wrestlers." And he just <laughs> la- literally laughed in my face. <laughs> and I think two of the other lads had to be, like, "Oh, no, no, he really is." But that's yeah. that's what I was at the time. I was just like a skinny yeah. boy in a t-shirt wrestler, you know. And. Uh yeah, I was probably looking at you thinking, what is this as yeah, well? Probably, yeah, probably. Because it, like, um, it, we were sandwiched in the middle of the card. I think the opening match was literally like a massive tag. It was like all professional, do you know what I mean? Like, Skull Murphy, yeah. Pitbulls. Um, yeah. That crew, you know, I yeah. think, was it four on four maybe? I don't, I don't Five know. But I remember there was like all like big, like everyone was like big, like, uh, like yeah. I don't know, like even like Alex was on it, wasn't he? Um, yeah, the wrestle Scott Parker, Johnny versus Jody. Yeah, Johnny versus Jody. That was the first Johnny versus Jody match I saw, yes. which was just blew my mind. That's still going today in yeah. like a very positive way. Like um, you know, that's still blowing everyone away. And obviously, Earthquake was on the show. Um, I think he was in a tag, wasn't he? Yeah, Earthquake? it was Earthquake and uh, Justin Starr, I believe, against Flash Parker and Klondike Kate. I want to say, yeah, maybe it might have been yeah, what yeah. the tag was. But yeah. like, it was a, it was just a professional wrestling show. Yes. It was very different to what you'd expected if you were. 
go into the original cards, but it was a professional wrestling show featuring professional wrestlers and Andy Simmons and crew. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Simmons and... and I love Paul Travell, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was that was Wrestle Express, but like again, that was and that and that was always talked about as a benchmark of professional of of, of this isn't going to happen shows, and it's like oh, it's kind of even ex Wrestle Express when <laughs> everything was announced. Um, so so yeah, and uh, and that's what people talk about, and I think it's crazy that to this like now like. You know, people don't really even remember Wrestle Express. No, you know, so. No. Um, but that is uh, the big example, and obviously, One PW came along later. And when One PW came along, and uh, they were overloading their cards, everyone was going, "Oh, it's going to be the next Wrestle Express. It's going to be the next Wrestle Express." And of course, that survived yeah. for a while. Yeah. But then it caught up with them. Well, actually, it, um, so the timeline really is Alex was the first one to run a su- what became termed Super the Show. The actual Super Show, yeah. So that was in March of 05 and then mm. 1PW didn't actually start up until about six months so later. So you had a few different attempts. We're going to have to, unfortunately, rush over them. Or maybe we can get to the... Because like, I've, I've done some research. We've done, we're on an hour. Have we done, done an hour already? Yeah, and, I'm, and I've done some research on the next... Uh, on, a, on a couple of others, um, which, uh, which I guess we'll get to. Can we roll over? Can we do a... Yeah, steamroll for them. Um, so, uh, there's a, a couple of others. Uh, and, and again, we, we'll be as quick as possible. So, we've got... Um, there was one uh, called ICW. And uh, not Insane Championship Wrestling. It was International Championship Wrestling. Um, now, it seems that after this Wrestle Express, everyone saw the buzz that Wrestle Express got. Because it did get a lot of buzz, right? Um, and I feel like... Um, it was a little bit ahead of its time in the sense that if it came like... So it was in the right time in the sense there was a lot of free agents, so they had the right names to be able to advertise, but the wrong time in the sense that the internet was still in its infancy and people didn't quite trust it yet to purchase tickets. And like I remember like when you ha- when you purchased tickets for like FWA events, you used to have to call up. And uh, I remember calling up and sending off a check in the post oh, to really? get tickets, okay. right? So, you know, it wasn't quite as accessible for people in terms of you know, how to purchase tickets. It wasn't as easy as it is nowadays. Nowadays. Yeah. And uh, and it, it wasn't something like, you used to have, like, people talk about internet fans with a lot of disdain, like the people who, from a, I guess, like a, the old school, um, used to talk about, and they still do, which it boggles my mind, people who talk about... Internet oh, marks. Inter- yeah. yeah. <laughs> just but, like, like, everyone's on the internet. It's yeah. just a bad... T- really, we know what they're saying, or what they're getting at, but... Uh, you know, the word internet is kind of a bit dated now, yeah. isn't it? You know, like, like as, a, as, a, as, a, as a slant. I have, a, I have, the, in my, in my hand, everyone has it in their hand, in their pocket, on a mobile phone. Yeah. So you can no longer say that if you're catering to an internet audience, you're catering to a niche. Like, oh, internet, the internet internet's is, the, the biggest thing going, yeah. isn't it? You know, it's the biggest Absolutely. tool we, biggest tool we have now. So for any, for any form of wrestling. So these were a little bit ahead of their times in that respect. Um, but they seemed to twig on to the idea that they could get a lot of buzz by advertising international names um, and getting a, and you know, and try and get a crowd that way. Now, um, ICW was first, um, and that was run by someone called Kevin, who was a wrestler as well, Midlands-based wrestler, I believe, okay. or maybe Northern-based, I don't know. He was a skinny lad with blonde hair, okay. I seem to remember. I think I might have met him um, at FWA camp or something. And, uh, and anyway, he ran. Uh, he was running a show, and that was going to be called Hostile Intent. Um, and that was, uh, oh, maybe he, he must be up Northern-based. Um, and I seem to recall he had something to do with the John Farrah shows as well. 
That seems he, he had some involvement. They might have been friends, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, and he uh, he advertised a show, and the main event of the show was going to be uh, Chris Hero versus B-Boy, right? Who was a CZW wrestler, right? But CZW was all the rage at the time. Um, do you remember CZW? Andy? Yeah, I remember. Well, it still is kind of like, it's still around, obviously, but it was kind of, um, CZW yeah, was kind of cutting edge. CZW, I guess, to us would have been what Ring of Honor is. Okay. Right? So it was like one one level extreme uh, than ECW, wasn't it? Like, or that? No, that, no. Well, I don't mean they were called themselves that, but they were just like, you know, they were yeah, barbed wire so. and... Yeah, they, 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 had, some, they violent, had some of right? that, but they had a lot of wrestling as well. Okay. Um, but like a... So I'm looking at one of the press releases that they had, and in the press release it says um, there's going to be a title match contested between uh, Johnny Storm, George Castano, and then Eva. It doesn't specify, but it says Jerry Lynn, uh, American Dragon, of course, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Two Cold Scorpio, Extreme, or Jushin Liger. Just one of those lads. <laughs> Do you know what we'll I mean? see who's available. Um, and uh, and it said that. Uh, Steve Carino versus Loki, and Jake the Snake Roberts will take on Stevie Knight in a battle of uh, Master versus Young Pretender. Okay. Um, and that show never happened. Okay. And that was another example of you know all these names being announced, lots of hype behind it, and everyone was at this time being, "You're not going to be enough Wrestle Express, are you?" And uh, they turned out to be. Um, and in the end, it was saved by GPW, um, and they ran a show um, which was called Hostile Takeover. Um, and that was wound up being headlined. It was still supposed to be headlined by Chris Hero versus B-Boy, but it wound up being headlined by Chris Hero, Hero versus uh, Claudio Castanoli, who, of course, is Cesaro now. One half of the bar. Um, so, exactly. There you go. So, that was a, just another example of, you know, another another one of these shows which has been advertised and then didn't happen. Someone else steps in and saves the day. Um, and then... Uh, is it that that might be the only um, show and I wouldn't have been surprised if he wrangled his way on it that might be the only show that doesn't associate Steve Linsky at all because I'm sure Steve Linsky was in the repaired Scott Cormay Wrestle Express as yes, well yes he was <laughs> yeah. he was yeah and, but he was also in the he was in the original Wrestle Express also oh was he okay I'm sure yeah I'm sure he I'm sure he went to hotels and stuff yeah so um, yeah but there you go Uh and then there was another one. One thing we we won't touch upon this now, but one big one we haven't thought about, and you can debate all day long whether it's successful or failure is revival. Yeah, that, you know? and I guess that's a episode onto itself. Or, well, not really an episode onto itself. Maybe we can discuss, you know, like where wrestling was in that that age with uh, with Talksport, National Radio, and yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's true. Um, and um, and there and I guess people were and, and that's a very good point because that was 2002. Yes. And obviously, so this is 2004 now. So people are seeing the success of revival, and maybe that's where the when, when we say success, a perceived success of revival. Yeah, I mean they had 2,000 people. It was well attended. It looked the business. It it looked okay. You know, you can do better now, but for its time, yeah, the big stage, big walkway, the, the, the fireworks, great. absolutely great. You know, yeah, Tommy Boyd being involved, I'm sure, helped. Uh, the fact it was obviously on Bravo. Yeah, goes Tommy on Boyd miles. was a mainstream celebrity. You know, like, yeah, and I think that all of this compiled gave people almost uh, a false hope. hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hope or false hope, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, then there was um, after that there was a promotion, uh, Phil Low X Wrestling. 
So you're convinced that Legion of Doom were advertised? I'm convinced right? Legion of Doom were advertised. But I don't think they were because, as you pointed out to me, was it was 2004. And Hawk had actually died. Yeah, so the I previous don't... 2003. Unless... Um, he might have been... Unless they advertised them before that happened. Quite possibly, because I'm sure... I'm absolutely certain, because I remember... I think I want to say I emailed Alex to ask if I could do the show... But I didn't want to do it as the butler because I was still doing the butler in the FWA. Oh, really? I bet that caused some problems. Well, I can't. I can't remember his response, or even if that was factually true. Um, but I'm absolutely certain X Wrestling had the Legion of Doom advertised. Um, so, uh, but I can tell you some of the names they had advertised for sure. Because on. I found like I looked up their their website. You know, you can find a, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a, uh, you know, you get a time hop deal like okay. you can go you can look at actual websites they they keep the prints of the websites or yes. whatever but the names i found so it was originally going to take place in april they made a lie up to say that they had to change the date of a show to august because um wwe were coming over in april and because wwe were coming over they thought it'd be a conflict of interest with ticket sales um so they've moved the show back to August 28th, and that was going to take place, ironically, at the Doncaster Dome. Oh, okay. Okay? So it's funny, isn't it? There's always imprints like Coventry Sky Dome, Doncaster Dome, all these uh, regular haunts, um, so to speak. So August 28th, um, it was going to be, and it was going to be called Revolution as well, which was the name of one of my biggest... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, controversies. But the names I've seen advertised are Teddy Hart, Nick Burke... Slick Wagner Brown, April Hunter. Slick Wagner Brown again, <laughs> popping <laughs> up with April Hunter. Um, AJ. They were probably over here for Brian at the time. Maybe, yeah. Because they used to talk with Dixon quite uh, a lot. AJ Styles, Raven, uh, D'Lo Brown, Sonny, and uh, two blondes, Madison and Lollipop, who I don't know who they are. I'm sure Lollipop was in TNA, was Oh, maybe she? they were in TNA, yeah. 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 Um, That'll put butts in seats. So <laughs> Flying them in. Yeah. Christ. So... Um, that's who I saw advertised. Now, um, Phil Lowe, again, this he he he's an interesting character in the sense of he ran a show in 1999, um, and he owed loads of people money. So instantly, when his name got attached to this deal, there was a lot of people coming out and got in a public feud with Mark Sloan on a, a forum yeah. <laughs> about money I wonder, owed. I wonder if that's the same guy. I remember Mark telling his story that they did these shows in London. I believe it was London, and. At the show, whoever was running the show, and I think it might be this Phil Lowe chap, he was like, you know, the next show, guys, we're going to, this was his name, we're going to have Owen Hart, we're going to have Mark Merrow, we're going to have Sable, and he's a lot of the, I I don't know if it was Phil Lowe, but there was some delusional prat who was like, I don't think he was thinking he was going to poach these guys from WWF, but like, he thought he'd be like, Get them on loan, maybe. <laughs> you know. Well, I think you could have done at the time, couldn't you? Well, I don't know if it. Or maybe it was a bit a few years earlier. You could have done. Yeah, I mean, like, I think there were some. Yeah, I think like WWF guys 90, in the mid nineties. You could outsource yeah. guys, you know. I think once the Attitude Era came, uh, those days were long. Well, they gone. didn't need to, did yeah. they? But actually, saying that, Mick Foley's book, which I always thought was really interesting, the day before he wrestled Steve Austin on in the main event as Dude Love, uh, I believe he did an indie show. So, and that was back in them days. Like, if you go back and you know read his book or just you know research it online so who knows but my point is it just seems all a bit far-fetched yeah and um yeah so um he 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 uh already owed loads of people money people predicted the shows wouldn't happen of course they didn't happen and uh he was quite vocal he was one of the people who was quite vocal about um you know he hated fwa he hated internet fans uh he, he didn't believe that uh the internet was a way forward like he he's He's almost, um, there's an interview with him after it's all gone 
downhill and and we we don't like you know I can just gloss over it quickly um but in the interview he kind of he comes across very much on a high horse especially considering the fact that he'd run this show but didn't ha- advertise his show but didn't happen he hadn't even got tickets on sale um there was talk of tv of a TV backer that was supposed to be on Overload TV, which I don't think ever really it, it launched, but I don't channels, think it ever yeah. lasted. Um, and um, and yeah, so he that was uh, that was going to be his deal. And like he he went on a big thing about um, you know how British wrestlers couldn't draw, um, and, and there was a big thing about you know he was using all these Americans, and he blamed like people for bringing over because uh, he'd advertised D'Lo Brown and Raven as their first UK appearances, um, and then obviously when he moved his show back to August, they wound up coming over before FWA. FWA. Yeah, so he he had the he was a. Uh, annoyed about that um so you know he t- he talked about all of that stuff and uh and, and and basically gave us his two cents on promoting the way the internet wasn't the future and the way that just literally putting up posters is the only way forward um yet in the same note he's then advertising guys like nick burke right. <laughs> and like do you know what i mean yeah so um so very interesting um but yeah, again, that show didn't happen. It was going to be at the Doncaster Dome, and that may have been a predecessor to 1PW. Yeah, it's true. I think it might have opened so, that up as a potential venue, of course. So yeah, and of course, then there was uh, obviously John Farrer, um, which I think was a little bit before that, right? That was 2003, yeah. And, uh, and he had that uh, that mindset as well with um, bringing in all the imports, mixing with the best British talent, and it was almost taking it a step further than FWA was doing in a sense of like FWA would bring in one or two guys he had a lot, right? Who's that, John Farrow? John Farrow, We yeah. had, like, the backseat. The, that, the ill-fated show was, yeah. I think, Little Guido, shortly before he joined WWE. Yeah. Obviously, Jake the Snake, who was living in the country, the backseat boys, um, and maybe there one of them, like Mike. There was Mike, oh, something Knox, Rick Knox, maybe, like a CZW, another CZW guy. Okay. Um, and he had Ian the Machine Freeman, the oh, yeah. UFC fighter. Okay. Um, yeah. All those guys, and then obviously uh, the kabosh got put on that one, didn't the it? Pretty got, quickly. Yeah, the 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 ring didn't turn up somehow. Um, so, who knows mm. how? I know a man who might know some stories, but yeah, maybe we'll have to put him on the spot at some yeah. point in yeah. the near future. Um, but obviously, he had that, that idea as well, and I think like his first show, he didn't do like the first show he ran was. Uh, I was at that show. Would I be right in saying was that Preston? Yeah, probably Preston. Preston Guildhall. Guildhall. Yeah, and that didn't draw very well at all. Um, but it was a decent enough show, but it w- wasn't anything that was advertised. Yeah. I remember that much. And then the next show... James it, Ty wrestled Little Guido, I think, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then the next show, I remember Graham Hughes was on that show as well. Yes, he was, yeah. Um, I was fuming. <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> yeah. Never forgiven him. Um, and then, yeah, the next show was going to be at the Blackboard... Was at the Blackburn... Was it Blackburn Civic Hall or Blackburn something? Something like that, yeah. And like, but that venue, um, he'd actually sold a lot of tickets to that, right? And there was a lot of buzz about that show. And then obviously the ring didn't turn up and people were actually invited in the venue for an empty ring. Like an empty, like, so you you sat in your seats, but yeah. there was no ring there. And you had like uh, the backseat boys doing comedy. They had someone from Phoenix Nights there, right? Did they? It might be one of John's friends, maybe. Yeah, and he, he was on the stage. He did a little routine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like there was, a, it was kind of entertainment. And you were like, there, or you were? Yeah, I was there. Oh, I you were there. there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was kind of like entertainment, and then like it was kind of like, oh, we've got another ring on its way, and then like it just went on and on, and then like that eventually it's like, 
listen guys the show's not happening yeah <laughs> you know and that That's was uh, heartbreaking. and that was it and that was the end of John Farrow and that was the end of his attempts to run it must have well you know, a couple of years later to sort of wrap this whole thing up I went on a holiday with John Farrow I was oh, not I bet you did I was not like with a my ticket money great ch- what <laughs> what is money yeah alright <laughs> I was like what he uh, so he uh he he wasn't a, like a good a great friend of mine at all, but he was he was nice enough. He was friends with Johnny, and we'd all organise this trip that we go to Lorette, like a bunch of lads. Lads on tour. Yeah, so it's myself, um, Baxter Burridge, Charlie Rage, Johnny. Cool, you could have had your own little wrestling show out there, couldn't you? Yeah, um, John Farrah and this guy called Stee, not Steve, Stee, which I assume is still short for Stephen. Well, but you had to I know there Steve. was a there's someone called Stee on Hollyoaks. So oh, okay, yeah. So anyway, we were out drunk, you know, drinking and just having just a good time. Just being lads. Yeah, but it was like the, the whole the whole resort, like the whole town was just empty because we went after the camps. Oh, really? So like, yeah, I remember it, it, it was just empty. Do you know what I mean? There was just nobody around. Um, so anyway, one time me and Johnny had been out drinking. We came back and John Farrah, I think, hadn't been well. And we thought, without really being too sensitive of the subject, because actually John spoke to us about it the following day and how much stress is that put on his mum, that whole that whole scenario. Yeah. And we thought, because we must have had a, got a, a key to his room. <laughs> so we went in his room and we, me and Johnny were being very childish and we were going, GWF, GWF, <laughs> GWF. Wow. And we were drinking and all of a sudden, like a bullet, John gets up and punches me right in the eye. Like, <laughs> bang. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, we probably, uh, you know, we were only... We were only trying to make light of a serious, you know, not like a nasty. We were just trying to be funny, but yeah. he didn't find it very well, funny because uh, you wouldn't, would you? No, and, like, and, and, and if it happened like, to me or you, like you wouldn't ever find it funny. Yeah, so. and like obviously we don't know the circumstances about the the ring itself, but unlike these other promoters we've spoken about, like he actually did have a game plan, and he actually and like sure he might have been looking at what FWA did to make themselves successful and trying to copy their business model but that's what business is isn't it you look at what's successful and, and try to replicate and it and, yeah. and, or, and, and learn from people's mistakes and, and, and whatever have you um, so you know he had the money to run the show he had all the talent was there yes uh, just not the ring yeah um, so that was kind of a and then and then uh, without giving too much away because what we're going to do next week the reason why he didn't get a replacement ring is all the more Tragic, hilarious, ironic. But I don't even know the reason why, so I'd I'd like to hear that. Like I do, like I do, I just know. But the re- the, the re- so you, should I just tell it now? Oh, go on. So the reason why he could they found a replacement ring with yeah. a guy called Klondike Jake, who I think yeah. is the fake Undertaker. And the reason why they didn't turn up to the show to do the ring, why? Because they thought it was an FWA show. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So that's another kick in the balls. Yeah, I didn't realise that. I just yeah. I just remember them saying, we found another ring, it's on the way. Yeah, and they were never going to turn up because they thought it was an FWA wow. show. Wow. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor, poor guy. And that's it. Never ran again. And I don't think I've... I have talked to him every now and then, but uh, I haven't set eyes on him since that holiday, I don't think. But that's why it's important to own your own ring. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you want a reliable ring hire service... Speak it's to us. us. Yeah, I was going to say. So we've got um, we've got a busy busy schedule. And we've got a lot up. of we've got a lot of wrestling rings as well. We don't let people down. So mm-hmm. even when our van broke, we yeah, still made even sure when it cost us money. It cost we us still money, and sure. then that that loyalty was repaid, wasn't it? Uh, we. Uh, I was trying to think who you were talking about, but yeah, of course I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, um, I think that that definitely wraps it up. That's one hour and seventeen minutes we've been talking for. Okay, thank you for That's listening. A for everyone. Hell of a bumper episode. Um, so 
Thanks, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, and thanks for yeah. Any questions? I like I like it when people send us odd notes on Twitter, and you know we don't get hundreds, but you know every now and then someone will say, "Oh, tell me, you know, what was that?" Or I yeah, remember I that. Or yeah, you know. I definitely want to do another mailbag episode soon because we still got loads of questions from the first one. So yeah, um, but we'll do a refresh. So we'll yeah, do a refresh. We'll do yeah, absolutely. So follow us on Twitter at a quilden a q u i l d a n and at boy simmons b o y s i m m o n z. Oh, and also, I'm going to try and become more active on Instagram. So, I'm going to take a picture of us in our headsets now. So, follow me on Instagram as well. I think I'm just Andy Quilden on uh, Instagram. Okay. So, I've I've not Instagrammed since 2014. Really? <laughs> so, we're gonna we're gonna get I the just, Instagram. I can't keep up with. Well, I can't. I, it's just too much. Well, like. I'm gonna. I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I feel like it's a future. People are. People are invested in Instagram and I'm getting left behind. So follow me on Instagram as well. And you may notice I've taken over the Revolution Pro Wrestling Instagram this past week. Um, and you may notice an influx in, in posting on, on Rev, the Rev Pro Instagram as well. Um, so that's because I'm taking over. I'm proving that I can do everything better than everyone else, basically. Good. Um, so I'm trying to let other people do stuff, but... If you want something doing properly, do it yourself. Do, do you yourself. know what I mean? So I'm going to lead right. by example, and I'm going to make that Instagram a wonderful thing. So follow Rev Pro on Instagram as well at Rev Pro UK. I guess I think I don't know how Instagram <laughs> works, but we'll work it out. So uh, and we're going to get this Facebook fan page up and rocking as well. So it's not we a fan page, that. is it? It is a fan page. Well, that's what they're called, isn't it? Pages. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was like a f- I thought you meant like, oh, we are fans of the A Squared Circle <laughs> no. Wrestling Podcast. It's a fan page. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get it that going. page up and running. It's it's there, but we just haven't. Uh, put any content on it or advertised it or anything I don't even think you like it yet do you I think I'd look for it I couldn't find it but I'll look just for it just type in A squared circle wrestling podcast yeah obviously I did that anyway I'll s- we'll see you all next week alright bye laters bye laters bye